Hello. On this podcast, we talk about movies, their faults, their flaws, and their plots. So, expect some spoilers. You've been warned. Welcome to Plot Spackle. I'm John, and I think Duke should have died by Nanodor. I'm Eric, and you know what? I just really want my demons. I'm Richard, and we should have had more character building moments with Goat. Alright guys, we're talking about a movie that involves Duke, Goat, and not demons. And we have plot holes in this movie, and we gotta fill them. What are we filling them with? Extra chunky blood? Those aren't actually plot holes, John. Those are holding cells. Oh. We're still filling them with chunky blood, though, right? Oh, yeah. Chunky blood everywhere. As we talk about the movie, based off the video game, loosely, Doom. So, uh, Eric, you watched this movie. I did watch this movie. So what's it about? what the plot is? Yeah, is, is, is there a plot to begin with that there can be holes in? Uh, well, I mean, you can't have Swiss cheese until you have cheese. So the movie Doom is based around a squad of Marines who are called to the Martian planet to fix a quarantine issue. On this Martian planet, the Marines find that, well, apparently scientists operating in the fringes of society of society aren't usually doing the most ethical of experiments and find that they have, in fact, created monsters not quite demons, as the video games would have you believe, but similar enough? But, well, this group of Marines is going through being picked off one by one until their leader, Sarge, goes crazy-go-nuts and decides to kill everyone. Our hero, Reaper, is then given a super soldier serum, a super crappy first-person shooter sequence, guns down the rest of the zombies, and has an epic finale with Sarge, who is turning into a monster. But not a great-looking monster, it's just the rock with contacts in. Yeah, that's what the movie is about. It's pretty fair. Oh, so there's a lot of walking around in dark corridors. And sewers. And rooms. But all of them dark. Apparently they don't have light light switches. Except for sometimes they have light switches. Look, we chose not to use those light switches. Otherwise, how would we be able to use the fluorescent pens? Anyways, uh, does the movie have facts? It does. There are plenty of facts about this film. Uh, It was released on the 21st of October, 2005. Had an estimated budget of $60 million. Earned back $15 million in its opening weekend. Got up to $28 million by the end of its uh, U.S. release. And in its cumulative worldwide, hit a mighty $58 million. Oh. It did not even earn its budget. Ooh. Ooh, they, they didn't do good. Any other interesting facts besides that it didn't make money? Well, it actually, they, they did do a surprising number of tie-ins to the video games. See, video games. Uh, Eric, you're something of a Doom buff. Not really, but I have played some of the video games. Played some of the games. Uh, it was 
in theory, loosely based off of the third entry, where we have less demon, more zombie. Uh, there were, there's the, the BFG is stored in the locker designated IDKFA, which is the in-game cheat code to give you all keys, full weapons, and ammo. And, um, when Samantha Grimm is unlocking the door using the keypad, it plays the notes to, uh, Close Encounters of the Third, of the Third Kind. Huh. And then the uh, scientists' names, uh, Todd Carmack and Dr. Willits, is based off of the developers of id Software. To kind of tie into that, um, Carl Urban's name could be seen as a reference to uh, John Romero, another one of the lead developers of the Doom games. But John is a fairly common name, so... Yeah. Maybe. Uh, but... Specifically, uh, Pinky, the character, and the Pinky Demon is a character from the, is a one of the bad guys from the game where you do have the monster with the uh, me- mechanical back end. And a surprising number of the things were done using um, practical effects, which was good. Ish. Ish. I mean, they looked like big rubber monsters. The monsters looked like big rubber monsters. They didn't. They did. But, you know, they were they were fairly articulate big rubber monsters when you could see them. And, and then the zombies looked like fast zombies. And the uh, gun used on the poster is an uh, FNP-90 submachine gun that uh, was never used in the film, isn't even on the wall, in the big shot of the room with all the weapons, and given the date, would have been a 56-year-old gun. Why did they use it on the poster, then? Because it is a weapon meant to kill people. Because it looked cool. According to uh, Colonel Jack O'Neill. Shouldn't they have included more of it, then? Or used it in the film? Listen, it probably looks cooler than the M16 or whatever they were actually using things happen look you it's like when you make trailer cuts all right yeah yeah you have to make decisions to sell the film sometimes you have to lie but uh oh and at one point uh the rock admitted that when he when he originally played doom it made him slightly motion sick was that the uh, original Doom or like Doom 3? The original Doom. All right, so uh, there we go. We got some uh, movie facts. Are we going to talk about plot holes in the movie? There are a few. And more than the internet gives because, well, we we thought of a bunch while watching it. All right. So we're getting our uh, plot holes from IMDb in addition to self-contributed ones so should we just start with uh imdb yeah let's go ahead all right um i can start us off all right if i can find it because i can't scroll on my phone i've got it okay never mind i just figured you were all you were already talking so if you wanted a break or john hasn't talked in a while maybe john should start maybe john's gonna answer the plot hole maybe i'm gonna start the plot hole well, then go for it. Why does Mars exist? 
We're, that's not a plot hole. That's okay. from those dumb lists. Is, why does Mars exist? Okay. Why is Mars not a dish like the Earth? Because everyone knows the Earth is flat. So why is the Mars circular? Are we looking why, at it? Why is on? Eric a flat earther? Why, why do birds really exist in birds our robots? Are everyone knows birds are drones. Anyways. <laughs> All right. So they need to guard the gateway to keep whatever happened on Mars from reaching Earth. And that's the priority. Why didn't they just create a fortified position there and then send a couple of guys on reconnaissance to hunt stuff down? Admittedly, I kind of thought about this while watching the movie, too. Because the base layout doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. There's the airlock to the bio lab, but we just leave it open the whole time. Oh, everyone knows bio- biological agents can't reach uh, people through airlocks or anything. But anyways, yeah, so why don't they just uh, have most most of the team there and only a few go out and do the sweep? Uh, my thought is because, uh, again, his mission isn't necessarily to do a sweep and do data. His is to kill whatever's inside. And at the beginning of the movie, they were thinking it was just a crazy scientist with a gun. They weren't taking it very seriously. So that's probably why they left the one soldier. And it's like, okay, we need to go get the the government's property. Well, it looks like it, um, they didn't have a whole picture at all of what they were dealing with. Like, they knew that there were Six scientists that were missing. Um, the uh, Samantha needed to get the uh, the data, and they they knew that there was some sort of breach. That was it. That's that's all they knew. They weren't sure, and so they had one guy hold the singular point because since he has a defensible position and a. Uh, a squeeze point, I guess. Um, he has force, um, force multiplication, force multiplication, so he can act as multiple people. Though, really, they should have had destroyer stay behind with the minigun, yeah, to be your defense guy, and he instead of wandering around in the, the tight quarters. But they were doing a sweep because they were looking for the people and they needed to cover the most ground and maybe corral. And they weren't expecting giant monsters. They, Like you said, they were expecting somebody lost it with a handgun. Like there, were, there was a, a five bucks, it's a guy who lost it, was one of the, uh, the lines from the movie. Yeah. Now, why they didn't send in like two squads and have one stay as the... Uh... One stay as the choke point. Yeah, I don't know. Nah, we can't answer. But that wasn't the question. And look, we we were just were you all kind of sad that Mac just managed to die without ever firing a single bullet? Poor Mac. Like he stayed behind, had to hang out with Pinky the whole time, and then gets killed. All right. So onto the next plot hole then. So later in the movie, Reaper throws a proximity mine, and the monster explodes. However, Reaper is standing only about three feet from the mine, so he should have been hurt by it. Well, it was shaped to only go up. And uh, Reaper probably was hurt by it, but he now has the super-engineered super serum in him at this point, which makes him heal almost instantly. 
even which is kind of silly because they say that your cells split at twice the rate or whatever five times or something no they said twice so i'm like or 50 percent more i thought they said like uh, i thought they said a thing that was it like five or something times faster oh maybe i'd say it'd be very hard to kill Mm -hmm. or die by injury so besides the point he okay maybe he got hurt by a couple by some of the blast he is being healed almost instantly and plus, there's probably health packs on the floor or whatever. Oh, yeah. He totally got hit and fell into some health packs. There you go. Because this, this is during the first-person shooter segment. So conventional movie logic moves away to game logic. Maybe Specifically, he... rail shooter logic, which is uh, you can only be hurt by certain things, and other things really won't hurt you unless you ignore him for long enough. I think he found some floor chicken. There's floor chicken. Mysterious wall chicken. So maybe it's a combination. Like, we don't know what the uh, effective destruction range of that device is. I'm we, pretty sure, like, we know it was charred, or shaped, so it wasn't more of a semicircle, it's more... It's designed to, spend it, to send energy up, not out. And we, we can let that happen, because we're a reasonably advanced uh group technologically we have nano to build the bfg they have nano doors teleporters like rapid uh mars to earth communication instead of having a 10 minute uh delay Mm -hmm. so yeah i I can assume that they have a mine that only hurts the person who steps on it yeah makes sense I mean, we have that now, I think. I'm pretty sure. So it's not that hard to believe. I mean, we don't want mines that just hurt the person who steps on it, because you want to use a mine to disrupt a formation. Well, there's different types of mines, though. Like, you're going to mix your anti-personnel mine along with your anti-vehicle mines. But this isn't a history history show. And this would probably be more of a Richard Rabbit hole. (laughs) The types of mines... And then there's the coal mines and the... And then there's the French mimes and then there's the pantomimes and... <laughs> the whole abandoned mine biome. Yeah, you could go real deep. But yeah, so those are our two official plot holes. All right. Now let's start going into the things that we thought while we were watching the movie. All right. How come nobody turns on lights? Electricity is expensive on Mars. Sometimes they turn on lights. Sometimes they turn on lights in rooms that they were already in when it was dark and they didn't turn the lights on. Swept it. Come back later. Turn on the lights to see better. Yeah. I'm going to say they're going to leave the lights off just in case they don't let the hostiles know that, oh, they are now in this room. Like if they were hiding and the lights turn on, it's like, okay, something's happening. Yeah, but they could also be using it as a better indication of which rooms they have already cleared. Also, they're walking around with flashlights. It's not hard to go, well, look look, look at that light source over there. Must be where the bat, must be where the people with the guns are. I figured that they'd leave the lights off when they entered the room. Do the quick sweep. Do the quick sweep, then turn the lights on to do an enhanced sweep. Do they have a head? They don't have a heads up display. Like they, they don't have HUDs. So maybe 
it depends on if they were coming in from a dark corridor, their eyes were already adjusted. Ah, so so they were trying to keep themselves. But they came in through a well-lit thing. Like, the whole area outside that airlock was brightly lit. Okay, so that's not... I'd say mine would work if it was a dark corridor, but if it's a bright corridor, no. Yeah, yeah like, if there, if there had been power out across the whole thing... But no, they like they walk into rooms and sometimes they turn on lights, but sometimes they don't. Well, to be fair, the actual reason they need to keep it off is because they were told that once you clear a room, uh, mark it up with some fluorescent paint. You can't see the fluorescent paint if the lights are on. All right. Yes, that is a point. They were they were probably planning on dealing with a uh, lockdown low power and they just didn't adapt to the situation very well. I don't like it, but I'll accept it. Like, Richard, no one liked this movie, but they accepted it. <laughs> that's that's the, uh, the... That's the tagline. The tagline. <laughs> you just... won't like it, but you'll accept it. Ugh. Alright, how about this? The sewer. What about the sewer, John? Alright, so we are told that the section of the lab that they need to sweep in is separated from the other parts of the laboratory by an airlock and that is the only way to go but the issue of the sewer is that where's the water coming from where's the going where's it going and if it were just a closed system for just this section why do they need to be able to walk around in it for all the rainstorms on mars apparently they need a overflow protection i'm gonna roll in this roll in the ruins as part of this because they talk about how it's the only play only ways in or out except they also go oh yeah there's an entrance to the ruins aha uh-huh. so you're saying the water on mars uh floated into the lower sections and so once you get below the water table there's just water there i'm saying that probably the sewers weren't actually part of the lab the sewers were part of the existing superstructure of the ruins. And it, they just used it as a sewer system. Because, I don't know, the, these are sci- these are grossly unethical scientists. Grossly unethical scientists can't be grossly unethical unless they start with gross. Unless it starts with gross. And, I mean, they're going to waste water and pour water on historical artifacts and just not care. Because we're doing unethical science. So maybe that's just water that's kind of toxic, too. They're just going to... That's where they just dump stuff. They're like, we don't want this water back. And they don't care where it goes. It has chemicals in it. Like, all right, we can dump it outside. There's nothing living out there. So we're saying the soldiers didn't know not to step in the water because they weren't debriefed on so many things on this mission. So many things. They did not have enough intelligence. All right, more plot holes. Did you have any, Eric? I'm trying to. I'm pretty sure I did. I can't remember them off the top of my head, though. It's more. Mine was more of a issue, just issue with the general movie. All right. Also concerning our one airlock. Every time anyone is injured, they take them to the med bay. Now, early on, you believe that the med bay is a. Uh, in that region that they're staying in. But later on, it becomes certain that that medical area is on the other side 
of the airlock. So every time someone got injured, they broke quarantine of that section to go to the other section. And also they were holding the, uh, the, the doctor who goes, uh, demon or goes outside zombie of quarantine. outside of quarantine. I mean, he'd already broken the quarantine. So as long as they can keep him in one place. See, but they like they deliberately take people out of the bio lab, which was locked down. Listen, these are Marines. They're not who are supposed to be dealing with a breach. Like Sarge makes a big deal over this. Sarge is cray cray, though. I mean, yes, he is. But he was also not wrong that they're not supposed to be breaking quarantine. And yet he does. Listen, Constantly. Maybe, maybe he was just an anti-vaxxer in the 2020 plague. All right. Well, there's also two points of quarantine here. There's the airlock, then the arc. Yeah, but like you already. And then contained... even then they're in the underground facility on Earth that you still have to escape out of the one elevator. Yeah, but like, why do you just leave? You have it contained to a small area. Why do you open your quarantine thing and just leave it open? Um, they weren't prepared and were not the right people for this job. Clearly. They were just what was available. Like, because they were about to go on leave. Everybody else was already assigned to a mission. Yeah, everyone else was already assigned to a mission or on leave and needed to be called back and were hours away. Is that why the uh, reinforcements never come? That is why the reinforcements never come. Okay. There were no reinforcements. When uh, Sarge said that, he wasn't saying it like a tough guy thing. Where the it's like, no, we're we're it. There's we got sent because everyone else was on a job. We were the last choice. We were supposed to be going on leave. (laughs) They didn't want us. Okay. All right, guys. How about this one? How does the Hulkina? demon thing get a chainsaw you guys don't keep chainsaws everywhere around the corner i mean the it it gets the chainsaw during our first person shooter moment and it is outside the bio lab in the regular like just this is this is earth it's it's on earth oh it's in the earth base at that point oh it gets it from the groundskeeper shed for the atrium yeah I mean, chainsaws aren't, like, that not uncommon. I mean, you can go to the store and buy one. All right, it's just, it's just kind of weird for it to randomly show up in a research facility. It was facility. actually the uh, gardener. Oh, the gardener was pretty evil then. He was a very evil gardener. We should probably talk about why the gardener is evil. Uh, I think that's when we generally talk about the movie instead of the plot holes. Do we have more plot holes, or are we at that point? I think we're at that point just to talk about movies, unless you guys have more. All the issues I have with this movie are just general. All right. So maybe we'll start with what I think is the core um, premise of this movie that is very, very, like, wrong. Which is the genetic predisposition to evil. Like, how how did that make it through in the script revisions? Uh, In case you haven't seen this movie, uh, there is a line in the script talking about that 10% of the human genome has not been mapped. Scientists believe that this is, this contains the information for the soul. And they posit that you either have a 
good marker or a bad marker. If you have the bad marker, you're predisposed to towards evil and will turn into a hulking monster if you are infected with this disease. Now, why this is bad is this is actually a belief of eugenesis and is that people are predisposed to criminality based off their genetics. And that's just not a great thing. Besides not being true. And it does mean that anybody who turned into a monster and did evil things in this movie cannot be fully held accountable for their actions because, well, they were genetically predisposed to do it. They were going to be this way anyway. They didn't have a choice. And makes Reaper a terrible person because he has the genetic markers for good and yet continues to do terrible things by his own admission. Now you also have a character who is starting to turn into a monster, but has is making conscious choices to better himself. And, but basically that all gets thrown out because he has the bad marker. And like, that's, that's one of those things with, when we talk about our things that we would change at the beginning, that was mine. The character goat was, he was a pretty good, like he was one of the strongest characters in the film. I thought, and having some more character building moments, would be good because you could get to know and see his see his struggle to go from being a bad person to being a good person but as soon as you put in the oh genetic markers and predisposition to evil it removes his it removes his whole character struggle and means that nothing he did would have saved him he could not have been a good person and it just wasn't an option for him he was going to become a zombie unless he murdered himself from, to stop himself from becoming a zombie, which is what he did. Which means that, theoretically, Goat is probably the most moral character because he was a... Because he was the bad person that killed himself rather than allowing himself to hurt other people. So is this movie saying, like, if you're a bad person, you should just kill yourself? That's what you're ultimately... I don't think there's any deeper meaning to this movie that can be taken... And used. I think you definitely shouldn't. No, of course not. We would never condone that, and we do not advocate for that. But this movie, unintentionally, I think, like, is saying all these things. Yeah, I, I think the whole, I think the problem is, is Resident Evil came the- out. As and a movie. The difference between Resident Evil... Yeah, and Resident Evil and Doom should have been different. And I feel like Resident Evil's success as a film changed Doom 3, the game, and heavily influenced what they thought they were doing with this movie because they were trying to copy what had been successful while still being kind of Doomish. Whereas, you know, with creativity, um, I have had one creator come out and say... The hard part is, is people like new things, but people like old things. Like you like, you want to explore, but you also like to be comfortable. And so the hard part is balancing that is, you know, taking someplace new while still being comfortable. And so if they stayed with, you know, the research facility, but they're actually dealing with demons and forces of inherent evil. And then the you're more likely to be possessed or taken if you're a person who has embraced evil acts would have been deeper or more effective. Yeah. If 
one thing I would probably change as well is definitely get rid of the genetic monsters as well. I think they need to go full in on the demons. Um, so in the beginning of the movie, they talk about a device that was discovered called the Ark. It allows near instantaneous transmission or travel between Earth and Mars. Maybe on Mars you find a second device that's fairly similar, but slightly different. And because these scientists were curious, they ended up opening it up and allowing demons to come into our world. Like maybe it's a dimensional dimensional jump. Well, and they bring up in the movie that it was a device that they found, not a device that they made. And so you can go, hey, it has these other settings with a whole bunch of lockdowns on them. Where does this go? Yeah, I think that's an issue here, too, is so our setting is mostly the research archaeological deal dig on Mars, but we're not really embracing the kind of cosmic horror aspect of that. Yeah. Like, you know, we we talk a lot about this archaeological dig, but we never see the archaeological dig. Except for from the outside and kind of with the the voiceover flashback instead of an actual like flashback. Yeah, you don't see any exterior shots of Mars or anything. You, well, you get the one when he looks yeah, out the out window. Looking out the window, like uh, you said, uh, at the dig, and that's it. Like, like, they could be on Earth for all you know. I mean, you want like effective moments. Let's talk about when Ripley is on is going through the ship, and we get to the alien section, and it's all changed and different, and she's uncomfortable. And then you get the aliens in there too and realize they've been there the whole time and you didn't notice. You could have been doing that kind of crap with these alien ruins on Mars. Yeah, or like they could have brought up for set design. They should have put some effort into set design. I'm going <laughs> to... Set design is just you horrible here. Generic... Generic ne- dark corridor. Industrial corridor. It could have been the base was built into existing structures. They've dug this out and they just run the pipes through and the wiring. And that causes problems because um, a lot of the rooms have to have their own power supply. Yeah. Cause there's interfer- weird interference here. Like you, you build up this concept that, that you don't belong there. And the reason you don't belong there is because this is a place for demons. And this is a place that doesn't want you. It would have worked. It could like, Doom as a concept works as a story. I mean, we saw that in the 2016 game and the 2020 game, Doom And Eternal. the original Doom 1 and 2. Well, those well, don't really have stories, though. Those are just more run and gun. But even, like... They, uh, they have the basic concept, though, is that this is... You're at Mars. There's you're in demon. Mars. There's a demon invasion. Like, you get the... And, but there's and the, the uh, Impossible Planet storyline for Doctor Who, where it has essentially the literal devil being trapped in a black hole and it's possessing people to get out and it works it's a great sci-fi horror section but yeah this was held back i think by resident evil like because they wanted the zombies at this time was resident evil the most successful video game movie yes yes okay because i know resident evil was successful if not like critically successful but just financially successful yeah it was not critically but very financially successful enough to have a franchise that went on for seven movies i think it's still going on i think they're bringing out a new movie i think they're doing a reboot movie too 
specifically, but still it's that, that resident evil set a standard and they were like, well, this was a successful movie. We should maybe just copy it poorly. And this was kind of the, the zombie time period as well. The early two thousands to early teens, 20 teens, whatever it's, whatever we're calling it. Uh, That was zombie time. It was zombie time. And that's what I'm saying. Like demons could have worked. I mean, they don't have to be quote unquote demons. They could just be demonic looking aliens, but I mean, just call them demons. It's fine. Yeah. But other problems with the movie, like I said, Duke should have died by a nanodor. Yeah. You set up that death flag real quick. And then you did not deliver. Like you made a promise to the audience and then you pulled him into a vent and we felt lied to. Duke was sus. I saw him venting. Right? Yep. That's not going to date this episode at all. That's totally going to date this episode. But Or like the BFG was used too early. Yeah. And like you had a lot of you, you gave a bunch of people personality, but then you didn't give them any opportunities to show it. Because you had Goat with his, I'm a terrible person, but trying to be better. You get one scene, and then we have a Destroyer, who is apparently genetically predisposed for good. But, you know, we don't really have a whole lot oh, of... Oh yeah, with Destroyer, we mostly learn about him from Duke. yeah. We are told not shown. Yeah, we're told not shown. Like, you could have had the... Like, you could have done contrasting influences on the kid. Oh, yeah. Between Destroyer and Portman. Because Portman... Portman has character moments. Yeah, Portman has lots of character moments. Portman is a terrible person. And you... And you you get to see it. And you could have had the contrasting influence of Destroyer going... Don't like follow me, kid. Work with like, you. Assigned him in squads with people that gave you opportunities to show off their personalities, and you wasted it. It makes me sad. I wanted Portman to turn into a horrific monster because he was pretty dang evil. Yeah, and also, um, Pinky was like Pinky has like concealed evil. Like you kind of know he's not great. When he lets Portman get killed and doesn't tell anyone. Like, he literally just watches him die. It was a very petty kill. But then he does turn into a pretty horrific monster. So it's like, how evil was Pinky? One thing about that, though, is he got a brand new character model. You know, the he got him in the Doom 3 video game. There is a character or a monster called Pinky. So, you know, it's a nice little Easter egg, but... Why didn't we see more pinky style demons? We saw a bunch of other, other brute demons. I mean, it's a f- Easter egg, obviously, but it's just kind of a gratuitous Easter egg. More like an egg. It's not really hard to find. <laughs> More like just in there, in your fridge, where you keep your eggs. Dozen of them sitting right there in a row. <laughs> it, well, it just, it seems more like pandering. Like it's more pandering than an Easter egg. Look at this. It's a monster from doom three. We know you like doom three. So so the code to get the BFG is an Easter egg, but the BFG itself is the pandering. Mm -hmm. But see, like if you're going to do a doom movie, I feel like you kind of have to include the BFG. Yeah. You have to include the BFG and the shotgun and a chainsaw. 
But I think, again, so let's talk about another problem I had is the first person shooter section. Because they talk about how they spent so much time and it took six weeks to film. And it's it's kind of disappointing. I think it's disappointing now. When it came out, it was a lot cooler. I remember when I first watched Doom, I saw the director's commentary and they were talking about the first person shooter scene and they were discussing how most uh, video games are based off of a four by three aspect ratio. So the gun is actually taking up the majority of the screen, but that doesn't work in a theatrical release. So they had to figure out exactly how to film everything and how video games had never done this before. But, you know, then you look at Half-Life 2, which did a great job of being cinematic. Like, so, yeah, I feel like that one was better when it came out. It's something that hasn't aged. Like, my biggest complaint with it is it, like, is that if you're doing a thing that you're supposed to be feeling like Doom, but it doesn't feel like Doom. No. It feels like House of the Dead or Area 51. Feels like a rail shooter. And, like, there's so much bit, so many things of the, okay, turn around the corner, the monster roars at you, you have to reload, and then you shoot the monster, as opposed to, like, frantic run and gun, which is what doom is and strafing and isn't that more of a an issue with the medium though video games you get you know you can control the character and you can be surrounded and you understand where the monsters are in a 360 degree well you can do that with uh with good um staging that's yeah like you can do that without being lost the problem is that it like how they did it like with the things it feels like a rail shooter mm-hmm. rather than, like because so i watch a lot of people play video games on youtube it's a thing i do guys and there is a difference between watching a rail shooter and watching someone play a first person shooter the like the movement is different you have to be a lot more dynamic with the first person shooter where you move is important yeah and like when you go around a corner and there's an enemy in a first person shooter, it does not care. It's not going to just wait to roar at you so that you have time to shoot it. It's coming for you. You'd better be prepared. But also then in a first person shooter, you reach a corridor, you're going to check your corners. Yeah. As a, and it's, it felt like a rail shooter, not like a first person shooter. Some of the portions of the first person shooter section were just dumb as well like there's a zombie with a hatchet that like that felt really house of the dead especially when he shot the head off the hatchet and the hatchet flies in the guy's head and all right where does a guy get a hatchet is that also from the uh the shed of course hatchets are extremely useful tools john all right all right moving on Yeah, that I'm part was of the gardening squad. You can look in funny. my garage. I have a hatchet in there, right next to my axe. Also, also guys, though, Sarge should Sarge should have died by either the BFG or getting torn in half by the Ark. Like I feel, he should like either you should have sent killed the Pinky Demon by sending it the other half through the Ark. <laughs> uh, that would have been great. And then you could have killed Sarge with a BFG, or if you're not going to kill Pinky with 
the arc, then you should have ripped Sarge in half. Because we talked an awful lot about how deadly that is. I think Sarge should have been killed by a demon lord. Or they should have introduced a new monster, and Sarge gets killed by that bigger monster, which Keith Urbane then needs to kill. No, no, that would have felt cheap. This entire movie felt cheap, John. Yeah, but we're trying to make it not feel cheap, and so when we say something should have happened, it's to take it up in a level. Then let's have Sarge turn into one of those Hellspawn demons. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, he turns into the big bad. I, th- I think we we're constrained by Sarge being cast as the Rock. And I don't think the Rock really wanted to be as bad of a character as he needed to be to be Sarge. He had the option to be the He, he star did there. have the option, but he wanted to be the, he wanted to be the Sarge. But I think that he didn't want to be as evil as Sarge could have been. Cause he likes being a hero. He likes being someone that people can look up to. But and this was early rock stuff. Like Yeah, he was he was experimenting. He like he jokes about it later when he gets introduced into the WWE Hall of Fame that he was in the Doom movie. He was also the Scorpion King. But well, let's just thank him for his uh, willing to take his the lumps, you know, take his bad yeah, falls. It, it takes he's a he's a wrestler, professional wrestler. He knows how to take a bad fall. That's that's fifty percent of the job right there. Is learning how to take a bad fall. And make it look convincing and look, make, show how to throw someone and make it look convincing. But that's, I think you could have gotten away with like having Sarge turn into the big bad, especially because then you could have had the, you know, uh, John is victorious, kills off Sarge and, you know, by like impaling him on something and then have Sarge turn into the demon and get up, get back up off of the impaling thing, and go. Oh crap! I need something big. I need a big, F G, a big freaking gun. Yes. And then they should have fired the BFG. I feel like the BFG should have been like running the entire movie, never being fired, almost being fired constantly, but always for some reason they don't get the shot off. Just, you know, to keep it running, because you, you want it. You want it to go off. But it's, yeah, like, there are so many things that it could have become a better film if you made slight changes. And maybe that's why we're so angry at it, because we see how close it could have been and how often they chose the lazy path instead of the uh, pushing themselves a little bit better. Yeah. I almost wonder if it's due to the time period as well. You know, you're talking about Resident Evil and just it was 2000 style movie. We had the benefit of 20 years of movie watching experience. Yeah, because it was it was three years after the Resident Evil movie that they did do. So they would have started production shortly after Resident Evil succeeded. Like Resident Evil succeeded and then Resident Evil Apocalypse came out. And was even more successful than the first Resident Evil movie. And then Doom happened. So so they were they, they thought this was a safe bet, so that's why they didn't try hard. Yeah, they were two Resident Evil movies in where the first one was great and did well, and then the second one earned twenty million dollars more than the first one. 
So, I mean, if you do what Resident Evil does, you're going to earn a lot of money. Turns out that uh, you can earn a third of the money when you put in a third of the effort. Yeah, so, um, no, uh, Doom does not beat out Street Fighter. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, Doom doesn't beat Street Fighter. Doom does beat Dune. I would watch Dune before I watch Dune. (laughs) See, this is kind of hard for me because before... When I had first watched Doom, I just, you know, I, I was watching it with rose-tinted glasses. And then a while ago, Richard came to us and asked, hey, what's your favorite movie that's, like, rotten on Rotten Tomatoes, like, no one likes, but you general, generally actually like? And I said, I think I like the Doom movie. And then I watched it again. It's like, oh. You liked your memories of watching the yeah, Doom movie? I like my Doom memories. But I still, I still think Street Fighter... The Street Fighter movie is going to take. It's going to stay stay with me on that island. Doom is Street Fighter's getting sand in it. <laughs> it's been on that island so long now. What will dethrone it? Who knows? Same with you, Richard. Is are we still on Street Fighter? We are. Street Fighter remains king. Um, so if you're genetically predisposed to like and leave a comment on Facebook, you should. And if you're not genetically predisposed to, do it as well. Choose free will over uh, genetic limitations. Also, in 280 characters or less, at Plot Spackle Pod, let us know on Twitter how you would have killed Sarge. What was your death? How would you um, write the death scene? Instead, would you continue with having the grenade thrown through or any of the other much, much better ways to kill him off? Or if you, like six directors before this movie, have written your own script for Doom and had it and had it get thrown out by Hollywood, send it to us at plotspacklepodcast at gmail.com. We'll read it. You know what? That just that comment made me think, you know, who should? Um, have been working on the Doom movie. Uh, who, the guy who did uh Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. Because he did not write a script, he drew a storyboard. And he had a hard time getting people to understand. But, you know, for the kind of movie that it was, that's a much better option. Because the script is literally like, you know, one-fifth the size that it's supposed to be. Because... It's just, you know, like, driving action. Yeah. And I feel like something visual like Doom would have to work that way. I could see it. So Hollywood, just be willing to give people with non-standard visions a chance. They might have a point. They, they, they might be trying to solve a problem that you and your pro- producer's lounge haven't even thought of. Because you're just like, I want more money. I have money. I want more. This is the, the safest bet. But you know, it's those gambles that get you the big cash. You'll be okay, Hollywood. You'll be okay. All right, but yeah, let's thank our patrons. I would definitely travel to Mars to thank you guys. You are genetically predisposed to awesome. That's the only genetic predisposition that exists. Yep. Predisposed to be awesome. And we appreciate you spending your awesome on us. Thank you. <laughs>